Hi, I'm Braddock District Supervisor James Walkinshaw, and thanks for tuning in to Braddock Voices, where we talk to Braddock District and Fairfax County residents and leaders working to make our wonderful community even better. To stay up to date with future episodes, community news, and local events, sign up for our Braddock District email list by emailing us at braddock at fairfaxcounty.gov. You'll get weekly digital newsletter updates right to your inbox. And before we get started today, we have our Animal Spotlight, which is an animal who is available for adoption from the Fairfax County Animal Shelter. And I'm excited to introduce this week's spotlight, Hidori. Hidori is a handsome and friendly Korean Jindo mix. Hidori is Korean for tiger, but there's nothing vicious about him. <laughs> He's curious with a love of the outdoors. He's a little bit nervous indoors, so you have to be patient. Hidori is dog selective, so if you have a dog, we recommend you bring them to meet first at the animal shelter. I'm highlighting Hidori because he's a loving and energetic dog who needs a home, and because older dogs like him are often overlooked in adoption. We're not giving his age out of respect for Hidori. Aww. He didn't give us permission to do so. He's a little bit of an older dog. <laughs> if you'd like to meet Hidori, you can give the animal shelter a call at 703-830-1100 to request a meeting directly, or you can go to their website, fairfaxcounty.gov backslash animal shelter backslash adopt. And now we'll get into our show, and I'm very excited for our guest today. We have Dr. Ann Kress. Uh, Dr. Kress is the sixth president of Northern Virginia Community College, a role she took on in January of 2020. Mm -hmm. And we'll talk more about that. Not an easy time <laughs> to, to take on this role. Her role in our community follows an almost three-decade career in higher education, most recently in Rochester, New York. At NOVA, President Crest focuses on fulfilling the college's commitment to equity through opportunity. Dr. Crest serves on the boards of the American Council on Education, the American Association of Community Colleges, and the Task Force on Higher Education and Opportunity. She also advises the University of Maryland Global Campus and Generation Hope on their respective programming boards. She's testified before Congress and served as a negotiator on federal regulations regarding higher education. In her role as president, Dr. Cress is active in the Northern Virginia Chamber of Commerce and the Northern Virginia Technology Council. She was recognized by the Washington, Washington Business Journal as a 2021 Power 100 leader and a woman who means business <laughs> and is on the Virginia Business 500. Dr. Kress has two bachelor's degrees, a master's degree, and a doctorate from the University of Florida. It says here, go Gators, but I probably shouldn't say that. We're in Virginia, but go Gators. Yeah, this, this tournament, you don't need to say go Gators. Yeah, unfortunately. Right. Okay. Well, welcome, Dr. Kress. We're so excited to have you. I know you have a busy schedule, so we really appreciate you joining the show. And I'll kick it off with the, the question that I'm sure everyone has after hearing that bio and, and the fact that you started in this role in January of 2020, yeah. right before the pandemic. And just share with us your experience navigating 
this pandemic as you are taking on the enormous responsibility of leading Northern Virginia Community College and building a relationship with our community? Sure. I'm happy to. First, let me start by saying I'm also a Fairfax County resident. I don't live in the Braddock District, unfortunately. All right. We'll work on that. Um, yes. Okay. And, but I'm also the um, the adopter of many shelter pets. So I want right. to put in a plug for that. Great. The um, So I did start at NOVA in January of 20. And um, I never would have predicted that none of us would have predicted what was about to happen. And I was reflecting actually earlier today that, you know, just about two Two years ago, um, I looked out at the Annandale campus, which I can see from my office, and um, realized that we were not going to be able to bring our students back after spring break. Um, just the situation was not going to allow that, and and had to make a momentous decision just about eight weeks into being president of NOVA. And any new leader who comes in, you know, you want to spend that first year building those relationships and gaining that trust of the community and helping folks to understand um, how your vision aligns with the institutional vision. And I was just two months in, and folks barely knew me. Um, so it was, it, it really, I think, took a leap of faith on behalf of the college as a whole, right? 83,000 students, 3,400 faculty members, six campuses, um, to say, okay, yeah, we, we'll do this. And, um, and so we worked together. I, I think probably during the pandemic, I met more folks at NOVA through Zooms. I did town hall Zooms, you know, nine times a month um, with our employees and with our students. And, um, you know, they, at the very beginning of the pandemic, when there was so much uncertainty, they would draw thousands of people and um, really got to know folks and, and was really honest and transparent with them about what we knew and what we didn't know and how important it was to all of us that, you know, they stay safe and healthy and, you know, our decisions were being guided by that, by the science. And um, But throughout it, I think what I saw was was just remarkable. Um, you know, I could never have been prouder to be the president of NOVA than to see the community come together in that way in such short order. I mean, you think about, again, such a large institution, but within less than a week, our faculty had shifted their instruction remote. Um, many of them had never taught remotely before, and we provided them supports and, and professional development, but they took the initiative. They cared so much about their students. I saw our students come together to support each other. I saw our staff step up, and we had folks whose jobs would typically only be campus-based, and we found them roles in the virtual space and supporting our students. And um, our foundation immediately stepped up even before the federal stimulus funds came in to provide emergency aid grants to students. Mm -hmm. You know, and the notes that we got from our students were so um, emotional about what that support meant to them. And then when the federal stimulus came in, you know, thanks to our incredible delegation in D.C., that you know, those grants meant the world to students who lost their jobs overnight. Um, you know, the majority of NOVA students work. Yeah. And um, the majority of our students, 70% going into the pandemic, were part-time students. And, you know, they lost their jobs in food service. They lost their jobs in hospitality. And, and so those grants kept them going. But just to see the community come together... It just it, it reinforced every decision I had made to come to NOVA, but I think the community should be so incredibly proud of the institution. And what we saw was remarkable. Yeah. Um, students succeeded. 
They um, also re-enrolled. You know, that we saw actual enrollment growth during the pandemic. The students said they felt supported. They understood NOVA cared for them. Um, they understood that this was going to help them coming out of the pandemic. Um, it just, it, you know, in the midst of what were very, very dark days, there were so many shining moments thanks to NOVA. Yeah. I, you know, I think looking back on the last two, two plus years of the pandemic, um, it's very easy in hindsight to look at the decisions that had to be made and mm -hmm. say that that made sense or that didn't make sense. But it's easy to forget the degree of uncertainty that yeah. people in your position, your kind of position, were operating with and having to make a lot of decisions that were very new yeah. at the time with limited information and limited science in terms of the of the pandemic mm -hmm. um, and that was just really uncharted territory yeah. that nova seems to have navigated very well and one of the things that seemed to me is that you know the kind of nimbleness of nova mm -hmm. that was true before the pandemic yeah. really came through and allowed the institution with your leadership to continue to to thrive why don't you give us the thumbnail sketch of Northern Virginia Community College. Folks in the Braddock District know the Annandale campus, which yep. of course is the largest and best <laughs> campus, but not the only <laughs> campus. So campus, so so give us the, the thumbnail sketch. Tell us about Northern Virginia Community <laughs> College. And then maybe tell us what do people get wrong about Northern Virginia Community College? What kind of perceptions do people have mm -hmm. that, that are, are, are wrong? Wow, that's a great question. Um, so Northern Virginia Community College is um, one of the largest higher education providers in the Commonwealth of Virginia. Um, we are the largest supplier of talent in the region. Uh, we are part of the Virginia Community College system. We have 83,000 credit and non-credit students. Just to give you a sense of the scope and the footprint of NOVA, we enroll one out of every three community college students who attends in the Commonwealth. Mm. They're NOVA students. Um, so we have six campuses spread throughout the region. Um, we are home to Virginia Community College System's only standalone medical education campus. Um, so we are a very large place. We've got amazing faculty. Uh, more NOVA faculty have won the State Council on Higher Education for Virginia faculty honors than any other two- or four-year institution Great. in the Commonwealth. Um, so the faculty that our students interact with in our classrooms are just amazing. Um, so when you look at NOVA, we are what's called a comprehensive community college, and that means we offer both transfer education, so um, transfer when you think about, um, you know, our students starting for the first two years and moving on, um, or direct to workforce. Uh, so we offer both of those, but the majority of our students are still planning to transfer. Um, in, a, in a thumbnail, our largest transfer partner is right down the road from here, George Mason University. We send over 3,000 students a year to Mason, which is in many cases larger than their entering freshman class. Yeah. So and one point on that, you yes. know, when Dr. Washington, the president of George Mason yeah. University, sat in that chair, he, he talked a lot about that program. Yeah. And he also touted the fact that George Mason University is yeah. the most diverse mm -hmm. university in Virginia, one of the most, if not the most yeah. diverse in the country. And I suspect a big reason for that 
are the students coming from Northern Virginia Community College? Absolutely. NOVA is an incredibly diverse institution. About 60% of our students are students of color. We really reflect the region that we serve. Um, and so when we have a transfer partner like Mason, we want to make sure that the full diversity of our community is able to participate in that transfer arrangement. And certainly with advance, they are. The um, Those students will be able to transfer with 100% of their credits moving over. They share advisors. Um, Advance is a national model for how institutions can partner to the great benefit of their students. And those are students who can transfer in more than 80 different programs. Um, but Mason's not our only transfer partner. We um, About 70% of our students will transfer to a Virginia public university. Um, our, we also have large transfer populations at Virginia Tech and Virginia Commonwealth. Um, we send you know several hundred students every year to UVA. Um, certainly partner with the historically black colleges and universities. So, you know, our students can really start at NOVA and go anywhere. Um, you know, one of, the, one of the secrets about NOVA is that students who start at NOVA can move into certain programs at George Washington University at a 40% tuition discount. Um, so, you know, there is really huge opportunity there. Then in terms of workforce, we have wonderful partnerships in the IT space, mm -hmm. certainly with Amazon, with Amazon being right in our backyard, and um, healthcare. So those are mm. our two largest workforce areas, but we also have strong programs in the trades, early childhood education. So um, again, career pathways um, are have never been more affordable at NOVA, especially thanks to the G3 program, right? Get skilled, get a job, get ahead, which provides workforce scholarships. And then we have a a robust set of non-credit offerings that lead to industry-recognized credentials, mm -hmm. again, in IT or healthcare, through our fast-forward program that you can earn in four months. Mm -hmm. um, and those, again, are help. Um, there's some support from the state to help pay for those. So there are student scholarships through G3 as well. Yeah, and, and not to go too far down this road, but in conversations with folks in industry in Northern Virginia, businesses in Northern Virginia, what they really need are uh, workers with the right credentials, uh, yeah. not necessarily a four-year degree or maybe a four-year degree and credentials or maybe just credentials. Uh, and the challenge with those credentials and certifications are that what they need today, yeah. what the employers need today, probably isn't what they'll need a year from now or two right. years from now. So institutions like NOVA, play such a key role in being able to shift with the market to provide what their students and Northern Virginia businesses need to compete. Yeah, absolutely. We talk about it as skilling and reskilling and upskilling, right? I think, you know, a million years ago when I went to college, there was this thought, that you get your degree and you're done. Right. Um, that's not the world that we live in anymore. And so in a lot of those non-credit programs, those industry recognized credentials, we'll see students who already have bachelor's degrees. Mm -hmm. Right. They may have master's degrees, but they're coming back for very specific skill sets that will either allow them to advance in their current job or in some cases even keep their current job or maybe even start a firm of their own. Um, you ask, you know, what are some of the things that folks don't know about NOVA? I think one of them is just where our students can go. I, you know, I've worked in community colleges all my life, and I know that a lot of folks still think of us as the 13th grade or, oh, you have to go to NOVA. But 
the reality is students who come to Nova save 40% on the first two years of college. Yeah. Those credits will transfer anywhere um, to highly selective institutions across the U.S., in the DMV, in the state, um, that those students are making the best choice because their classes will have, you know, 25 students rather than 250, mm. like a lot of my classes mm -hmm. back at UF. Mm -hmm. um, they'll connect with faculty members. Uh, the quality of the faculty members in our classroom, whether it's transfer education or workforce education, you know, they're at the top of their field. Um, they're nationally recognized experts. Many of the folks in our career pathways come direct from business and industry. You know, they literally walk off the floor in a hospital into our classrooms. They move from a data center operations to our classroom. So they're One giving students. One comes from the White House. Yeah, <laughs> indeed. Um, so they know exactly what's required. So I do think we're in many respects, as the president, in fact, said in the State of the Union, still the best kept secret. But we mm. shouldn't be um, because this is where students really thrive and they find their pathways forward and they're accelerated in a very affordable way. Let's say on this on this topic of um, the technology industry mm -hmm. and providing the skills and certifications and credentials that that students need. And tell us how does Nova's position in this space connect to Amazon and HQ2? And are there any joint programs that you've recently announced for? <laughs> Nova students with Amazon or Amazon employees at Nova? Sure. I think this this might be a setup. The, um, yeah, we were very honored to be selected as a partner in Amazon's Career Choice Program. And I think it's a, r a real model of corporate responsibility. You know, the company has dedicated more than a billion dollars in investing in its own workforce. And what they did was they looked across the country to find colleges and universities that have a really strong track record in working with adult learners and helping those students succeed and providing um, ad advisement and career pathway counseling. And Nova was one of those colleges. And so hourly workers at Amazon now will be able to come to Nova for free, um, thanks to Amazon, and really move forward in their careers with that company or beyond. And I think it really speaks not just to Amazon or to Nova, but to the whole IT industry that has really helped Northern Virginia thrive, especially during the pandemic. You know, 70% or more of the world's um, data traffic moves through Northern Virginia. And so we've got relationships with the Data Center um, Operations Consortium where we have one virtual lab out in Loudoun where our students learn data center operations. It's, mm -hmm. you know, a, a unique program in the country to serve an industry that is flourishing in our region. We also have partnerships and apprenticeships with Amazon Web Services, Alarm.com, AT&T, helping to students to earn while they learn. So I think one of the benefits of an IT career pathway is there's so many different on-ramps and the jobs are so plentiful. So whether you're talking cloud computing or cybersecurity, programming um, at a certificate level, a two-year degree level, or a transfer level, you're going to be able to find it at NOVA. And those programs map directly to what industry requires mm -hmm. because those industry advisory councils sit with NOVA on a regular basis, make sure that our curriculum is in line, make sure that our students are moving forward. And then they also partner with us in our business engagement center so that they're the very first to interview our students. Um, we want our students to stay in this region and to thrive. Great. 
Uh, shifting gears a little bit, talk to us about Advance, mm -hmm. the dual enrollment opportunity between Nova and George mm -hmm. Mason University. What is it? What does it offer for students who are considering it? Sure. So as I mentioned a little bit before, Advance really is about a unique partnership between Nova and Mason. And what we saw, and I want to give full credit to my predecessor, Scott Rawls, and to President Washington's predecessor, Angel Cabrera, but what they saw was that we were each other's largest partner already. So um, why don't we do more to smooth that pathway for students since they were going to transfer from Nova to Mason just down the street? And um, what they did was they sat down and they developed a plan where our students are essentially Nova Mason students from the very beginning. They share the same advisors as they would have at Mason. Those advisors understand completely the pathway from Nova to Mason. Um, our students also can access other aspects about life at Mason, student life at Mason. But most importantly, I think whenever I talk to an advanced student and I say, why do you love advance? Students will say, 100% of my credits transfer. So a student who starts at NOVA isn't going to lose a single hour in the class, a single dollar of tuition. All of those credits will transfer. They will transfer as courses that count toward their four-year degree. So when they transfer over to Mason, they are true juniors. Um, they only have two more years left, and they're able to move forward. Um, this program has been so impactful that colleges and community colleges and universities across the country have mm. come to meet with our teams to understand how they could make that happen in yeah. their own states. Um, it's been transformational for students because the full diversity of NOVA is found through advance at Mason. So um, you're not seeing any lack of representation from our students as they move forward. Um, these are also students who are very likely to be first generation, yeah. to be Pell eligible. So saving those dollars at the very beginning at NOVA, having those small classes is incredibly important to them. And they're completely prepared when they transfer over, and they perform at or above um, Mason's native students um, when they transfer as juniors. And is Advance only open to Virginia residents? It's open to NOVA students. So if someone were to come in through um, NOVA as an out-of-state student, but obviously their tuition levels would be different. Got it. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, I mean, that <clears throat> that is... Uh, a really important opportunity for folks in our community yes. to know about because yes. if you sat down and, and and maybe you have sat down and added up the cost savings two years at Nova versus two years at George Mason University, incredible savings for, yeah. for families in, the, in our community. So anyone listening who's on that path toward college, please Take a look at that. Yeah. That's really important to look at. And I would just plug in there two other items. One is that if you don't know, it's going to cost a student, an uh, in-state student, about $5,000 for a full year as a full-time student at NOVA. So $5,000. As a, as a parent of yeah. two college-age students, I can tell you that often does not look like the prices that I'm writing a check for. Yeah. Um, the other is that if you're the parent of a high school student, NOVA provides um, free high school dual enrollment mm -hmm. across Fairfax County Public Schools and throughout our entire region, an effective scholarship across our region of more than $9 million. Mm -hmm. um, so those classes would count towards NOVA, would count towards advance, and you can earn them for so, free while so you're still in high school. So high school students can get a head mm -hmm. start on earning those yes. college credits. Yeah, great. Um, 
it's, I, I want to go to, you made an interesting statement in a recent interview with Leadership Greater Washington, um, talking about this idea of a gap year between mm-hmm. high school and college, which is uh, sometimes romanticized. Yes. Um, and what you said was what we see at NOVA is that if students don't go to college directly from high school, the data shows that they are very unlikely to go to college whatsoever. So can you talk about that, your experience mm-hmm. uh, at NOVA with that and why that's a risk that we want to try to avoid, and and how do we get those students who maybe who might say, well, I can't quite do it this year, and hopefully I can afford it next year. I want to work for a year or two, or then do it. What would you say to a student in that situation? Yeah, and I think you know, especially coming out of COVID, so many students delayed their college plans. I mean, there's lots of national data with very scary numbers in the millions Mm. of students who just graduated during COVID from high school and never showed up in college. Mm -hmm. And the challenge then as I think as we all know, as you get older, your life doesn't get less complicated, right? And there's always this thought, oh, I'll just work this year and go back to school next year. But then next year comes and then you've got more obligations. And and then, well, it may be next year. And then the problem is next year never comes. And and I know right now with the economy the way it is, you know, they're assigning bonuses at fast food restaurants and right. very good wages. But we've both been around long enough to know that the pendulum's going to swing at some point. Yeah. And then the pivot's going to be, well, where is your college degree? Mm-hmm. And you'll be so far down the road that the notion of going back is going to be difficult. So what I would say to folks is, Recognize that there are multiple on-ramps to college. Um, You know, if your life is really busy right now, you can still take online classes. NOVA offers various term formats as well. So you can take a course that's as short as six or seven weeks Mm. um, and still keep earning that credit. Um, You can take your classes remotely during through Zoom. You can take them through NOVA online. Um, You can take a course in the evening or early in the morning. You can take a short-term credential through Fast Forward and then what NOVA will do is take that non-credit education and turn it into some credits to advance you in your associate's degree. So the challenge with students, especially um, students of color, low-income students, is that they've been disproportionately impacted by the pandemic. And they are much more likely to think, well, this is not the time for me to go back to college. But the market is going to require you to have some post-secondary education, some credential to get not your first job, but your next job. And we want to be there to help you. So I think the message is get started. Yeah. Even if you don't feel like you're at a perfect moment in your life, the stars are never going to align perfectly, but get started. And at NOVA, there's a program, there's a schedule, there's a way to do it that will work for you. Right. Because and there's, there's a flexibility there. And there's aid. There's financial aid for you. Mm-hmm. And I would say, especially now during the pandemic, we still have federal stimulus grants that we're able to give to students. You know, the Commonwealth of Virginia is investing in the workforce of the future through programs like G3 that provide workforce tuition, through programs like Fast Forward. So um, students who too often imagine that college is unaffordable are often the students who would receive the most state and federal financial aid, non-loans, grants, um, but they just need to apply. And if, you know, anyone's listening to this and they're just thinking, I don't even know where to start, reach out to NOVA. We're more than happy to help you. Great. 
And what's the best way to do that? What's the website? It's NVCC, like Northern Virginia Community College, nvcc.edu. Great. You'll find everything mm-hmm. that you need there. I want to go back to the pandemic a little bit and, and online learning, mm-hmm. digital classes, not something that Nova started doing because of the pandemic. Right. Am I right? Correct. So something you've been doing for a while. Tell us about that, Nova's history with online learning, what you started doing differently during the pandemic, and what do you think the future holds? Mm -hmm. What has changed because of the pandemic that's likely to be enduring or permanent? Sure. So absolutely. I think one of the reasons why we were so effective and um, sort of pivoting during the pandemic to remote education is because NOVA has a really long history here. Um, For decades, NOVA has been delivering what we used to call distance learning. Um, If you're, this is a podcast, but I'm doing air quotes, distance learning. (laughs) We're on camera here. Yeah. Oh, okay. So the, um, and about 20% of NOVA's enrollment over the past decade or so has been in what we call NOVA Online, mm-hmm. which is more traditional distance learning. It's not synchronous Zoom. It's asynchronous through a learning management system. Um, one of the secrets throughout the Virginia Community College system is that NOVA actually provides the distance learning courses for the majority of the Virginia Community Colleges. So you might be mm-hmm. enrolled at a course at Community College X, and it looks like you're at that course, but it's actually NOVA and ANOVA instructor um, through shared services distance learning. Uh, so we've got a lot of expertise there. And, um, and what we've seen post-pandemic is that that has continued about 20% of our enrollment. But during the pandemic, we introduced synchronous remote courses. Our students have found them very attractive, and that's about 40% of our enrollment at this point mm-hmm. is in synchronous remote courses. Um, when I talk to our students about what's, what's most attractive about um, this sort of instruction, Anyone who lives in Northern Virginia can sympathize. They talk about how convenient and flexible it is, right? It's really hard to get around um, Northern Virginia, especially now that traffic has heated back up. Mm -hmm. It can be expensive when you look at gas prices, lots of different things. So they really enjoy that um, learning online. Through the pandemic, we we discovered a few things. One is that courses we never thought could be taught virtually can be taught virtually. Mm. Lab courses, um, welding courses, automotive courses, um, HVAC courses. Uh, the the vendors, the, the um, curriculum, our incredible faculty have really been able to pivot and do some innovative work. Coming out of the pandemic, now we're looking at like a lot of universities. Um, what is the next big thing in remote instruction? And so we're in some discussions about the metaverse. How can we make that virtual instruction much more like the real world? How can people fully engage in a realm like that in a way that would be um, a stronger alignment to a typical in-class instruction? Uh, So we see this as something that will be very strong for us going forward, not just in terms of course delivery, but also services. About 60% of our students now are using virtual student services. Um, We had 32,000 students participate in a virtual student union. Um, We've had uh, virtual lobbies for all of our advising for financial aid. Uh, What we found is that students are even making more use of faculty office hours because they're virtual. Mm. So I don't have to come back to 
campus to meet with my faculty member, I just zoom in. Yeah. So we see this as an incredible way of amplifying and expanding our support of our students. Wow. Yeah, incredible stuff there. I mean, so many things that we maybe wouldn't even have thought mm-hmm. to do pre-pandemic, but Never. now are, are the norm. Yeah. Um, great. Now, uh, maybe connected to that, tell us, obviously, folks listening to this podcast for the most part, in the Braddock <laughs> District, and um, interested to know about the future of the Annandale campus. Mm-hmm. And how, how, how do you see the Annandale campus changing, evolving, or not over the next decades? Mm-hmm. I think the Annandale campus has always had, as its largest student population, students who are interested in transfer, right? Mm-hmm. It is, um, in in many respects, our most traditional of campuses, and it's got the strongest relationship with George Mason because of that. Mm-hmm. So I think going forward, what we'll see is that continued relationship. We'll also see that um, expanded emphasis on transfer at Annandale. How can we make sure that the programs that we're offering at Nova map directly to the newest um, transfer opportunities at Mason and beyond. Um, We also will see, um, you know, when we look at our campuses, I should take a step back and say that, you know, across the region, as as folks who live here know, demographics differ. So at our Annandale campus, our two largest populations are um, Latinx, Hispanic, and um, students of Asian descent. Mm. And so within the next year or so, you'll see the construction of our first intercultural center at the Annandale campus. It's part of a federal grant we have to serve um, students of Asian descent, especially low-income students, to help them find their pathway to NOVA and through NOVA onto transfer opportunities. So um, our goal is to make sure that the programming at our campuses reflects the um, demographics of the students who attend the institution. So you'll see that. Um, And then I think what you'll also see is um, an expanded emphasis on attracting um, more returning learners and adult learners. Uh, We saw an interesting bump this spring where um, we saw about 25% increase in students who are 20 to 25 uh, as new students to NOVA, which was different. If you know anything about higher education, you don't typically see new students in the spring semester. Um, And those students were adult students who had sat out the pandemic but were coming back. And they were really interested in three broad program areas, business, information technology, and health both as career pathways, but also as transfer opportunities. So you'll see us digging into that data to see how we can expand that programming at the Annadale campus. Um, We also, as people sort of come back after the pandemic, want to continue the role that Annadale has long played as a community center, right? We have the Ernst Cultural Center, which welcomes community groups, um, or at least before the pandemic did, Mm -hmm. almost every single day. Um, Our Annadale campus is home to Nova Athletics, which are coming back this fall. So um, I hope in the next year you'll see more of that campus life return. That's great. So big news there about the Intercultural Center. Yeah, very, yeah. very exciting. And um, there will be additional opportunities for folks in the community yes. to visit the campus and get back involved and, yes. and re-engage as we continue to emerge from the pandemic. That's that's wonderful. All, all good stuff. Well, we have covered a lot of ground here today. Um, Anything that we haven't talked about that folks should know about NOVA initiatives that you have, plans that you have that we haven't discussed Mm -hmm. here today? 
Well, I'll just go back to the notion of dual enrollment and sort of that college-going culture. One of the things we did discover during the pandemic in talking with our high school partners was that, you know, students were disengaging, you know, and I saw that. I had a senior and a junior and then a senior um, during the pandemic who were still in high school. And so during the pandemic, we rolled out what we called Jumpstart, which was a summer opportunity for students to earn up to six credit hours for free from NOVA um, during the summer, sort of to keep them on track, help them prep for um, college. We were hopeful they would come to NOVA, but also knew if they didn't, at least it would keep them going forward. It was so successful. We had over 2,500 participants that we repeated it last summer, we'll repeat it again this summer. And again, these are free summer classes. Um, We're now calling it Jumpstart to Nova. Um, And what we've seen is it's been incredibly impactful. It's obviously the absolute best college affordability. It's free. Um, And those are credits that will transfer to Nova or beyond. So as you look to summer and are starting to think, what what will my son or daughter do? Mm -hmm. I would encourage you to check out um, Jumpstart to Nova. Nova as a real opportunity to, again, accelerate affordability in college education. Wonderful. Jumpstart to Nova. And mm-hmm. we're, it's almost summer. It'll be I summer know. before yes. we know. We're, yes. we're, we're almost in the spring here. So enrollment for that probably has started or will start um, very It soon. will start um, in April. Got it. Okay. So take a look at that Jumpstart Nova. Incredible opportunity uh, this summer to earn six free credits. You mm-hmm. could search uh, other uh, universities in Virginia to see how much you would spend to get six yes, credits. Yes, it a would big, be a lot. A lot, a, a <laughs> lot of money. So, so we're offering you a great opportunity here on the Braddock Voices uh, podcast. Thanks to Dr. Cress, and that I think that's all the time that we have today. I want to thank our incredible guest, one of the great leaders in our community, Dr. Ann Cress, who has guided Nova through the pandemic and clearly. Nova is coming out of the pandemic even stronger than it was when when you entered. So thank you for for your leadership and all your work. And thank you all for tuning in to Braddock Voices, where we talk to Braddock District and Fairfax County residents and leaders who are working to make our wonderful community even better. (laughs) To stay up to date with future episodes, community news, and local events, sign up for our Braddock District email list. Email us at braddock at fairfaxcounty.gov, and we will sign you up and please don't forget our animal spotlight for this week Hadori he is waiting to hear from you he's waiting to meet you call the Fairfax County Animal Shelter at 703-830-1100 thank you and have a great day